When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. From baseball's top personalities, the Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players, five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> you would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered. Coming up, we're going to have Ed Sprague, A's Director of Player Development, Richard Lovelady, the lefty of the bullpen, and then the righty, Lucas Ersig, all right here for you. And, of course, Ed Sprague, you think about what he has done in his career as a player, as a collegiate player, and now what he's doing for the A's. It's an honor to have him on the program. Here is Ed Sprague. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, the Director of Player Development, Stanford Zone, Ed Sprague, joins us here. Ed, it's great to have you on the program again. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Chris. All right, so we were talking about it before you got on. We were talking about, okay, Ed Sprague's got World Series rings, obviously your great career, especially up in Toronto, but you also have a gold medal. And not a lot of people have a gold medal like, how proud are you of that? Where do you showcase it? Because not many people can go, yeah, I got a gold medal from the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, well, mine's right next to my wife's. She's got one, too. I'd That's say true. I'd be probably more proud of hers than uh, mine. You know, very fortunate to be at the right time. You know, college junior, that's who got a chance to play in the Olympics that time uh, when I was playing. Didn't, didn't have professionals. So uh, very fortunate to play on, you know, three USA teams. And it just happened to be my year. You know, if I was a different class, I, you know, I probably would have missed it. So just very fortunate that was the case and got to play with a lot of great players. Well, think about your career in Toronto. You're playing for a country. In the Olympics, you're playing for your country. Just what is that like, the difference of, you know, whether you're playing, I don't know, San Diego, Boston, the other place you played in your career, versus when you're playing for your country? Just see, there's a, there's a, it's a different ball game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When you put USA across your chest, it would, you know, it's, it means a whole something a lot different, you know, especially internationally. And like I said, I got to play in a lot of those competitions and, and they were intense and you get, you come together with all the best players from around the United States. It was, it was awesome. And then a very similar feeling in, in Toronto. I mean, right. Canada, the entire yeah. country was behind us and we'd never won before. So, uh, you know, that was a unique experience as well to have the entire, well, at least everything West of Toronto, at the time, you know, probably was was behind us. Everybody else was in Montreal at that time. But uh, it was it was a fantastic experience, both of them, really. But, uh, you know, winning a gold medal for your country, um, celebrating with your with your you know friends you've been with for a couple of years was was fantastic. 
I know everybody wants to hear about A's prospects. I get that. I just one more about your career because you had a great career, and obviously it start you know from being from Stockton, going to Stanford, being a local guy. It, it was a terrific career. And, you know, for a team to finally get over the hump, I mean, your guys' Blue Jay teams, you look at the Hall of Famers, all the All-Stars, the great players, those two years, but it was the Oakland A's that you finally had to get past. Just talk about how you guys had played against Oakland. They had their terrific players. They'd been to the World Series three straight years, one in 89, and it was you had to get over the hump of beating those guys for you guys then to become the best team in the American League. Yeah, the players that came before me in Toronto, you know, Lloyd Mosby's, Jesse Barfield's, uh, Dave Steves, those guys like that. I mean, they really set the stage, you know, going from 85, 87, then 89 and coming so close. Uh, I was at the actually the 89 playoff game at the Coliseum, uh, you know, as just as a young minor leaguer, watching that experience and watching basically Ricky Henderson take over that entire series and, and beat uh, Toronto. So, uh, yeah, and then, you know, you're going up against uh, Stu and Eckersley, and, you know, it was it was quite the team back then. And, uh, you know, they were certainly the powerhouse to beat to get to the World Series. All right, so where the athletics are right now, obviously we're dealing with the day-to-day grind of the season, 10 and 39. It's pretty bleak. It is what it is. We can't sugarcoat it. But what we can do in a year like this is look to the future. And I think Ruiz has showed us right now on pace for 79 steals. When we were down at spring training, everybody's question was, is he going to be able to get on base? Well, forget getting on base. This kid not only gets on base, this kid not only steals bags, he's one of the best in the business at hitting with runners in scoring position. It's stories like this that give you hope. So when we come to you and we're talking about what you guys are dealing with in the minor leagues, what kind of positivity do you have as for us and young players that we're seeing in our system that are going to be the future A's to help us? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we have a lot of positive pieces. I think, you know, obviously when we went through this rebuild phase and made some trades, you know, everybody wants that immediate return. And, you know, some of the pieces we got back were young. Some of them were inexperienced pitchers that just needed to, to get healthy and get on the mound. Uh, we've had some some good draft picks. I mean, Tyler Soderstrom, our first rounder from 2020, is in AAA right now. He had a great year last year. Uh, he's knocking on the door. Zach Geloff is right there. Uh, Brett Harris has kind of come on as a, a really uh, great little player, you know, kind of an everyday type guy, you know. And then, you know, Lawrence Butler, you saw glimpses of him in spring training. Uh, you know, he's got a chance to be, to be really good. And, you know, um, you know, Clark down there is, is off to a pretty good start. He slowed down a little bit, but you, you saw some glimpses of him as well. So there's some pieces coming. I think we're getting some pitchers healthy. Kusick's thrown really well. His last few outings, uh, Grant Holman just finished up his outing. He's going to get back out after an injury. Uh, so I think there's a lot of positives um, going down there. Obviously, you see Medina. He's pitching tonight. You know, he's he's had some 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 highlights there so far. So uh, hopefully get Miller back soon. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pieces to build on. They're kind of spread out a little bit throughout the system. You know, they're not all clumped in, in one area. Um, but I think that there's a balance of ages and position players and pitchers. You know, what we've seen with Medina is just a God-given ability to throw the baseball. I mean, it's an effortless – it's a very effortless athletic delivery. You can see what kind of athlete he is. And the one thing I don't think we've seen yet, because I've read about it, we've seen it at times – is just this incredible curveball that can just be a devastating Uncle Charlie. You know, what have you seen in him? Because we've seen glimpses, 
but it's at the big league level, and it hasn't really been fair either. It's like he gets called up for a debut, goes down, gets called up again. He really really hasn't had these consecutive starts to build on. Hopefully we're going to see that. But what have you seen in him that makes you think think he can be special? Yeah, obviously he's, he's got a power fastball, you know, and he came to us last year and getting traded is difficult as a young player. Uh, and he was able to come over. Uh, he was a little erratic, you know, had a, a tr- trouble landing his heater in the zone and then going to his breaking ball. So really he was behind in count. So he's not throwing the breaking ball quite as much. Uh, so I think this year he kind of simplified his mechanics. He had a good winter ball. I think he really enjoys being on the mound. He's one of those guys that wants to pitch as often as possible and and getting through that winter ball and, and healthy and, and throwing and competing over there for his country, I think was really good. And like I said, he's a he's a unique competitor. He wants the ball all the time. So I think as more he gets comfortable, the more he gets comfortable with his release point, you're going to see him, you know, integrate those secondary pitches, curveball and his change up um, and not rely so much on the power fastball. You know, when I think about your job and you got to concentrate on everything, but what is it like for you on a day-to-day basis is it triple A? Is it double A? Is it what 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 right now would you say is the main focus for you? Well, right now I'm watching Lansing on my screen behind <laughs> over here. But, you know, I watch uh, you yeah. know watching four or five games a night. You know, we fortunate with uh, MILB TV. We get we can see a lot of the games. So I'm watching Oakland. I'm watching Vegas. You know, Midland, Lansing, Stockton, all the way down every single night. Um, talking to the managers, getting game reports. Uh, you know getting an idea with players, talking to all our coordinators who are out and about. And, and of course, I, I travel myself to, to see all our affiliates. So it's, um, you know, it's busy on each individual night, but sometimes you're focusing on one player or, you know, if a guy's getting closer to maybe particularly moving a guy from one level to another, you're, you're maybe honing on that a little bit. It's amazing how much technology has changed your job just from a standpoint of, you know, it used to be years ago, uh, you weren't seeing the numbers from your minor league teams that until the next day. Now you're watching the games on television. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your iPad. You can see the players. Now there's data. Uh, there's stat cast. There's high-speed cameras at all these different ballparks. Just talk about through the years how technology has helped you be more informed on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of information. You know, of course, I got Grady Fuson and, of course, Keith Lippin that uh, I replaced. And uh, they tell you about how, how it was back then, certainly uh, traveling around. But, yeah, we have a lot of information. Uh, we don't have to listen to game reports. All our game reports are typed in every night by our managers. Uh, we have all the statistics, like you said, which also helps us, too, from a coaching standpoint, too, because um, the players can't hide. You know, they can't, they can't argue about not hustling down the line or making a good turn or getting a good jump on the ball in the outfield. There's no, there's no hiding from that anymore. It's just, it's black and white on paper. You can use those, um, those numbers to help develop a guy's first step, you know, his range, uh, his routes in the outfield, all those different types of things. We can use those to our advantage to help players continue to get better. Yeah, Grady Fuson can tell you that. He w- he had to go uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow to go to school. Don't buy it because I know Grady Fuson's hanging out there down at San Diego Country Club playing golf every single day. Life is good for Grady. Uh, when, when, when you're looking at a player, what is the key for you when you say, this guy, you call David Forrest, this guy's, and you say, this guy's ready? This, you know, now whether he's going to be called up or not, what what do you need to see? And it could be from Double A too, just not Triple A. Right. What do you need to see when you go, David? This guy's ready. 
Yeah, I mean, David sees the numbers. He, he can see the numbers on paper. I think a lot of it, the insight he's looking for, we're looking for the maturity. You know, we're looking for the, you know, the character behind the player, where he's at in his maturation process, you know, how he's bouncing back from a strikeout or how he responds to a home run, how he's handling himself in the clubhouse with his teammates. I think those are all intangibles that that you're looking for to when you're putting together a winning club. I mean, David can read the numbers just as easy as I can, and we know who's playing well at a certain given time. You know, we look at indicators that are going to uh, help us understand where he's going to have success the next level. You know, I mean, if there's a lot of swing and miss, there's a lot of chase out of the zone, we understand those things are are going to be problems if they're, you know, if they're throwing a lot of, from as a pitching standpoint, uh, you know, where they at with their strikes and their walks and, and, and their fastball command in the zone. Those are the things that we're paying a lot more attention to. So, you, you know, you see the, yeah, this guy, you know, he, he gave up no hits or whatever. How is that going to translate to the next level? And a lot of times you got to look at the, some of the, the, the things behind the scenes in terms of just the box score. You know, when we were growing up, they talked about the Oriole way or the Dodger way. There's a way that this organization wants to play baseball. And it's like recently I've been hearing that again. And I we, 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 we had Grady on just not too long ago. And Grady talked about, hey, getting people to play the way we want Oakland A's to play. And they have done that for many years. Just how important is that? I don't know if it's corny to say the A's way to play baseball, but there is something that you want at every level to see the way the guys play, how they act as professionals, how they compete on the field. How important is that to establish that kind of mentality throughout the organization? Well, I think it's very important. You know, we want players to be successful when they get to the major league level. We want to produce winning major league players, not just players who get to the big leagues. There's, you know, the, in the grand scheme of things, getting to the big leagues is the easiest part. Staying there is, is much harder, right? Because they're the best in the game and they make quicker adjustments. And so you got to make sure you're prepared to do the little things that help win a ball game. And in the minor leagues, you know, a lot of, it's a lot about development. We still think winning is important, but you know, we're, we're not going to take a guy out because he's over four, didn't move a runner over, didn't get a bunt down. We're going to teach him how to do those things. But when they get to the big league level, if there's a runner on second base and our guy hooks the ball to third. You know, my phone's ringing from Mark Kotze, and he's saying, what, "This guy, you don't, you guys teach the guys get a guy over, or get a sack bunt down, or make a, <laughs> you know, make a good turn, or those are the type of things that that we hear from on our side." And you know, that's what he's expecting from player development to do is when these guys get to the major league level, they the the ability level is the ability level, but the intangibles about how to play a game, and you know, maybe not strike out with runner on third and less than two outs, and putting the ball in play. Being able to take the extra base, um, you know, and and add that that extra ninety over the course of the game, those things add up. And I think that's organizationally that's what we want to do. Um, and I think everybody's on board with that. You know, for so many years, managers, the old school managers, they had no idea what was going on in the minor leagues. They may have seen guys at spring training. Mark Kotze is really he's he, I know he's talked to minor leaguers, whether it be on Zoom calls or Google Meets, whatever you guys use. He's talked to guys. Just how involved is he in the process of watching what's going on in, in the minor leagues? He's he's very engaged. Absolutely. He's very engaged. He, and that was from the get go in the minor, in the offseason when he went to Dominican uh, in spring training, when he came over and talked to all our players. Uh, when I'm in Oakland, uh, we have talks all the time. I know he's picked up the phone when he's seen something odd on a report, whether it's a guy's uh, strength and conditioning effort, you know, in the weight room or whatever that looks like. So he's he'll pick up a phone and call call one of the players directly and talk to them just to reiterate uh, what we're trying to do down there. And that's that's been a big help for us. It's been awesome. 
have all of us on the same page. And uh, yeah, he's, he's not afraid to, to grill us a little bit too, whether one of the coordinators come in and say, what's going on with this guy? What's going on with this guy? Let's get him right. So um, no, it's been, it's been good collaboration back and forth. And, and I talk to, to Cots probably once a week, once every 10 days, whether I'm in Oakland or not. Here's something that's baffling and it's just so, uh, we've talked to David Forrest about this on the David Forrest Show about how do you really look at Las Vegas's numbers knowing the environment, the environment highly offensive and just horrific for pitchers. And I think of a guy like Kyle Muller who now is being sent down and now the job is to get him right so he can come back up here and start again and win games. I, I don't know if there is a key. I, I What is it? What do you do when you tr- you got to – it's just not physical. This game is so much mental. How do you get a guy right when you're sending him down to a, a place that it's not a good place to pitch? Yeah, I mean, obviously the numbers, you know, jump up a little bit, you know, on the offensive side and the pitching side. I mean, ERAs and stuff like that. So you got to look, like I said, some of those intangibles, first pitch strikes, the ability to land that second pitch. What are you throwing behind the count? What kind of, you know, quality of contact are you getting? I mean, sometimes you get, you know, less than ideal contact and it's a double – or it's in the gap or it's a home run in Vegas. That's just the the nature of the beast. Now, offensively, that helps you quite a bit, right? So you get you, you really get confidence from that and you can use that to your advantage. Um, you know, on the pitching side, it can be the opposite and, and deflate you a little bit. So you gotta really work with that. I think it can make you mentally tougher, you know, if you can get through it and, and work through a lot of traffic. I mean, you're gonna have traffic uh, in the Pacific Coast League. You just are. And so I think understanding how to you know, work in traffic and, and having a lot of runners on base consistently, having the ability to throw that two-seamer down the way or that changeup to get a ground ball double play to get out of it. I think those are the kind of little positives you have to look at as opposed to just looking at, oh, I gave up five runs and, you know, two homers that were jam shots. In 1996, in your prime at 28, you hit 36 home runs. How many home runs would you hit in Vegas that year? Well, actually, I hit my first one in Vegas that year because they were building Mount Davis. And we yeah, that's right. Open. <laughs> and it was a broken bat homer. So if you could think anything about leading to confidence, like my first home run that year was a broken bat in, in the old uh, Cashman Stadium. Oh, and, and, you know, let's end on this. Well, there's two things. Okay, uh, one more on A's players. Who's the one player, and this may not be fair, but who's the one player that you're looking at and you're really excited you can't wait to see him be in an A's uniform? I mean, there's there's a lot of them. You know, I think I think you look at you know I think the the bat of Soderstrom is obviously intriguing. The athleticism of Geloff, uh, the consistency of Harris. I'd say Harris because he's probably been the most underrated over the course of his time here. Although I think he's starting to gain a lot of speed. But uh, Lawrence Butler. I mean, just so exciting to watch play with this confidence. You know, when he's playing well, he's about as fun of a character in the big leagues that you're going to get. Uh, and then Denzel Clark, you know, when he's on, I mean, it's the power speed combo is, is really special, you know, and he's going to come with some swing and miss. He's going to come with some flaws because he just doesn't have a lot of experience playing, but the superior athleticism of him, I think is those, those guys on the offensive side, obviously are, are, are pretty special. Um, you know, we each with their own unique personalities, I would say, but you know, I think law dog has the most fun of them all right now. And so I think you saw that in spring training. So He'll be fun uh, addition to the locker room when he gets an opportunity. Now, obviously, you had a great big league career, but your family has been around minor league baseball. It's like been in your blood. Talk about your father, your guys' connection to the Stockton Ports for all those years. Yeah, so I grew up, obviously, born in Castro Valley, grew up in Pleasanton, uh, moved up to Stockton halfway through my eighth grade year because my dad bought the Ports 
in uh, the winter of 1979. And uh, that's what brought us up here. So, you know, I started, you know, as an eighth grade, ninth grader, I hung around there. I was the bat boy clubhouse kid. I uh, kind of did pretty much everything, cut bullpens as I got older, took ground balls and That's awesome. the team. So, yeah, I was uh, a part of it. And then my stepmom bought the Lodi Dodgers in the Cal League at the same time. So, uh, yeah, it was a unique experience to be around minor league baseball and that. And then uh, my dad also had part of the El Paso Diablos when they were uh, in double A Brewers. So getting the chance to go there and and see the unique Dudley Dome back in the day where they used to put up 35 runs and in that ballpark. So, uh, yeah, I just, I've been around in my whole, you know, my whole life. My dad, uh, grew up, I mean, played in the big leagues. I was at the very first game of the Coliseum in 1968 as a one-year-old. And so, uh, had plenty of opportunities to be linked with the A's and then of course, impress professional baseball. Well, I know the story a little bit because I, I, I played at San Jose state and we played Pacific at Billy Hebert where you guys own the team, which people got to realize it was a brick wall for the outfield. It was crazy in this park in Stockton. And I just remember the Sprague name because you were at the Blue Jays at the time. And I just remember everybody talking about how the Sprags are involved and old Billy Hebert Stadium back in the day. Yeah, I mean, when I took the job at University of the Pacific, that's where was our field. So I spent in the first two years before we built uh, the stadium on campus was that we played our games at, at Billy Hebert field. So over there in Oak park. So it still exists today. It's a travel ball facility and it's got a lot of history. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy, but a wealth of knowledge of everything going on. Cause we know in these dark times, the only way out, the light is the young players who are going to make us better. And you're training those guys. So very important Absolutely. to have you here on ACE cast live. We always appreciate you. Take care and let's do this again soon. All right, Chris, thank you very much. Richard Lovelady is going to join us here as he's walking up as a little, a little change in schedule as we'll have Lovelady here. And then Luis Gonzalez of the Arizona Dimebacks will be joining us in just a little bit as I'm sure that uh, going over meetings, charts, players, guys you may face. How are you? Welcome to Ace Cast Live. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So – you're just in there, like right? So people, you know, you, they won't see you guys, but the fans will filter in. They're going to watch the Diamondbacks take BP. What people don't realize is how much you guys study. Take us through, like, you just you guys were out here for BP. You go in for meetings. What's going on? First day of a series, it's kind of like school. Yeah, uh, typically um, right after usually the, the last day of a, of a series, we're getting our notes. Uh, PDF stuff, pictures, uh, hot charts, cold charts, stuff like that. Um, just something to, to go over yourself at home and, and do your own little kind of study, like you said. Um, but, yeah, as soon as we get ready to start a series, if we haven't played a team um, yet this year, we will, after about BP, you know, a little halfway through BP, we'll go th inside and we'll basically go over, like, their, their hitting stuff. So uh, we'll take a look at their swing, their misses, uh, you know, where their hard hit contact, stuff like that is. Uh, just get a, a, an overall, you know, game plan basically how are we going to you know attack and who who might be you know substituted in if you know they lefty lefty you know they might not yeah. keep a guy in there stuff like that just so you know because we're always not caught off guard on oh man I didn't really think about facing this guy so I mean it's always it's always like a you know it's like a mind thing it's, it's like who you're going to face you know you're you're expected you know warming up coming in the game who you're going to have you know left right right or left right left whatever it might be but that can change on the you know on the dime it doesn't matter They'll play matchups all day, and so you just want to always have, you know, who's on the bench and 
also their game plan. So, so when you're on the mound, how much do you all of a sudden? Because remember, it's almost five o'clock. You were doing this 15 minutes ago. It's 4:45. Well, it's now 9:30 at night. Mm -hmm. It's been an hours since you did these meetings. How much when you're on the mound are you thinking? Oh, yeah, earlier today I saw his heat maps, I saw video, like how much. And Because I often wonder, how much do you pitch to the scouting report and how much do you pitch to what you do well? Right. Um, so a lot of it, honestly, if there's people you haven't seen before, um, you you kind of watch the game throughout the, the entirety of it, uh, you know, watching, looking through iPads, looking how, you know, the scouting report that you just heard obviously 15, 20 minutes ago. And you're seeing the starter come out and basically try to execute that and yeah. see how that's going. Um, and at that point, once you've already executed as much as you can, at that point it's fight or flight mode. It's your strengths versus what they have. You know what I mean? You have to go in what you feel. You have to go attack a guy with what your best stuff is, regardless if you know they have good stuff. You know they have good numbers against it. You got to always trust your stuff and go with your best. So, well, it's funny because when the when the cameras are on you, they make it seem like you guys are just all down there throwing sunflower seeds at each other, having a rip-roaring time. No, you're watching the game, preparing for what could be coming. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's nonstop. It's nonstop because, you know, like we said, it's starter can go four, starter can go seven. doesn't matter. And you always have to be ready for any situation. What, what, who's going to come up and, and what really is their cold and their hot zones and where's that hard contact? Cause that's, that's the biggest thing for us is we like to stay away from that hard contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Match that with our strength. And that's what really helps us really be uh, really, you know, really good for ourselves, uh, allowing, you know, guys to get out of situations, guys to, to get the bats back in here and, and, and turn it over. So, All right, so years ago when pitchers were planning on going seven, eight innings, bullpen guys, get a cup of coffee, you knew. Now, man, a guy can get pulled at any point. Just how different is it to where – I mean, let's face it, something happens tonight. It could be the third inning. Get Love Lady up. Let's go. I mean, you years ago, you guys were ready around the sixth, seventh. You know, you started yeah. loosening it up. Now, I mean, it could be at any moment. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's crazy you mentioned that because, I mean, it was like guys would – guys back then would go nine innings back-to-back -back starts, it seemed like. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> – it was like bullpen taking day off. Two days off. Exactly. You know what I mean. And it's just that's the that's the thrill. That's the that's the beauty of uh, you know being in the bullpen. It's like you are the you are the fire extinguisher. You know what I mean, so to speak. You are the guy that gets to come in with pressure. Like they always talk about it. Like you know, a lot of guys love coming in with nobody on. I I take pride in, in coming in with people on because I love it because I, I want to I wanna right away be on, on top of myself. You know what I mean? I want to get the guy out. I want to do my job because I'm trying to literally get us back in here to start hitting. I want to turn the lineup over so that next guy that I know is going to come in behind me is going to do the same exact thing. So, Oh, man, it's chaos. Yeah, it is. It's absolute chaos when you're coming in. You're living on an edge, and when people talk, that, talk about the mentality of a reliever, and, and I try and explain to everybody, it's not like you get to, hey, run your poles. <laughs> uh, you're going to play long toss. Some guys like to throw the football. Yeah. Then you're going to, you know, you're, uh, no, it's eight pitches. Are you ready? <laughs> eight pitches. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, you know, and honestly, that's a, I think that's a, another thing that I, I'm, I'm really not, I'm not for that in a way as far as like as pitch clock for pitchers warming up. I think that's a, that's like a huge that's an important part for us to get a feel for the mound because that mound's like it's going to give you a 
you know, a basic of what that's going to be. But the whole feeling, the adrenaline, all that, that's eight pitches for me to get ready to do my job. And I don't think that should have a time at all. Cool pitch clock during the game, sure. But warming up, that's, that's important. I think that should be eliminated next year, honestly. At some point, I don't know when it's going to be, we got to do a long form because you're great at, 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 at talking about the art of pitching. But I know you got to go, so let's end on this. Talk about the support that you guys have for each other on the staff. You see it down here when the pitchers are warming up. So whether it's starters, whether it's bullpen, you guys are all in this together. So talk about how you guys like a support group for each other. You know, and that's the that's the beauty of it, honestly. It's you look over up and down our roster. We have a couple of good guys that are that are balling out right now, you know. But we don't have we don't have that big huge name, that whole entire like God, this guy's making a lot of money. Everybody on this team is fighting for each other, and I love it because literally no one is standing out, so to speak. You know what I mean? Everyone is literally for each other. Every, every time we go out here and every single game, every single batter, everybody faces gets out, we are rooting for each other because that's all we have is each other right now. And during hard times like this, good or bad, whatever it might be, it's a beauty behind it because we literally have that bond and we're able to literally stick together through the entire season. So, Not a lot of people can live in chaos. Yeah. Some people thrive on it. Yep. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the edge. You bring the edge every night. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what city, what time zone. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Hey, it's great to have you on the show. Seriously, at some point we need to do a long form. It would be great. Absolutely. Good Thank luck you for tonight. Me. Lucas Ersick joins us here on A's Cast Live, just chatting it up to South Bay guys as he grew up down in the South Bay, grew up in Campbell, and man, it just has to be surreal, right? Playing in the Bay Area, yeah, growing up here and, and being with the A's here. Let's get this up here. Gary, is that better? Yeah. yeah. How is it? I mean, you're I, I playing mean, in the Bay. I, You know, I've told plenty of people this over the last couple of days. It's just uh, baseball's a, you know, it's full circle for me. Um, Growing up in the Bay Area, being a, you know, a, an Oakland A's fan myself, um, and you know, going to Cal, um, and eventually getting drafted by the Brewers and all that stuff. But uh, to be able to be here and this and have this opportunity to, you know, pitch pitch for my hometown team is uh, it, it's surreal. I still haven't come down from it. I know it's just like you're wearing the uniform. I mean, first time you're wearing the uniform, you walk out onto the field. What was that like? Uh, you know, just a bunch of uh, memories of me, you know, going to A's, ga A's games growing up. I've never actually stepped foot in, in you know, on the field. So, uh, you know, doing that for the first time, it was kind of like a, a fresh breath, a breath of fresh air. You've had a very interesting story. Talk about that story of getting drafted and just how everything has been for you to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I did both in college. I hit, I hit and pitch. And, uh, when you know, when I got drafted by the Brewers, um, you know, the pitching took a took the back seat and, and kind of, you know, kept it in my back pocket but never really thought of it as being, you know, a, a, a reality. Um, you know, so for me to revisit, you know, being a pitcher and, and kind of, you know, saying sayonara to the uh, the the offensive side of baseball, um, it was a little hard for me to understand at first. I didn't really want to let go of that, that passion that I had for hitting. But, you know, uh, developing more and more into a pitcher, you know, season by season for the last couple of years has really uh, – you know, put things into perspective for me and, and, you know, realizing that, you know, not a lot of people get the, 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 second, the second opportunity that I did, and I made sure that I was going to do everything I could to, uh, you know, take advantage of it. Now, we have mentioned here on this show 
if the A's get in a pinch, I looked at your numbers. You hit bombs at AAA. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if the A's get in a pinch, I'm looking down. I might be saying, Ursa, grab a bat. I mean, you've got numbers in AAA. Mm-hmm. What do you think if, like, all of a sudden they said, hey, man, get the bat. Let's let it rock. You know, I, I'm, I'm definitely not asking, you know, for, for approval or anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I, I'd, always be, uh, I'd always be ready for sure. Because you, yeah, it's a pretty deep. I mean, it's not like you didn't have numbers at AAA. You had numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I swung it a little bit for sure. But uh, you know, that's not. Haven't picked up a bat in a couple of years, and you know, it hasn't really been a thought for me. But uh, you know, like I said, if the opportunity prevents uh, presents itself, then you know, I'm more than willing. You know, we always talk about how things change in our life beyond, you know, what happens between the line. Talk about changes in your life off the field are the reason why you're here today. Yeah, yeah, you know, I made some off-field changes, you know, uh, and I think COVID really exposed that for me. You know, uh, putting down the bottle was one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that I could have done in my life. Um, And, you know, I think it was the greatest decision I've ever made moving forward, Um, especially just for, you know, my my relationships outside of the field too. Um, it, It kind of, put things into perspective for me it made me realize that you know there's a lot more to be thankful for and a lot more out there for me to go get so yeah i i know where you're at i i I had a little health scare and i haven't i haven't had a drink in a year and five months right on and really changed my life good yeah yeah. relationships job wise that's why i'm so proud of you when i when i heard about that and you know, people don't realize how you get your life back in so many different ways. And yeah. that's why I'm so happy for you. You know, the battle on the outside has helped helped you so much now. 100%. And, and I, you know, I keep going back to it, but it's a it's a perspective thing. And, and you just you find out you you find out how much more thankful you are for these little victories that you can find throughout the day. I think those go for I think those are overlooked, um, you know, throughout the course of your day but um i you know something that i always go back to is is just looking for little opportunities to be thankful and and kind of take a step back and say wow you know that's really cool let's end on this for you and for a lot of the guys on the team right now i've always said oakland is the land of opportunity just talk about this opportunity for your career and what this can mean for you long term yeah 100 percent um you know i I didn't believe it when my AAA manager in, in Nashville told me. Um, I still don't, you know, really believe it now. But, you know, just being here and, and, and kind of slowly realizing that, that this opportunity is in front of me and I'm, and I'm living through it right now is just incredible. Um, being in Oakland, I know, you know, we're a very young team and I've only been here a week, but I can just tell that there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent here and, and we're, we're, we're just staying positive with the vibes. You know what I mean? We're, we're not going into games thinking we're going to lose. We're just going out there trying our best and, and having fun doing it. And, you know, um, learn, we're learning every day. Well, it's always great to see a Bay Area guy be successful and also a guy who grew up an A's fan. I think that is always fantastic. Thanks for coming on the program. 100%. And we want you here for a long time, so we want you being on this show for a long time. <laughs> good luck to you. Sounds good to me. Thank you very much. Well, we'd like to thank Ed Sprague, A's Director of Player Development, Richard Lovelady, and Lucas Ersig for joining us here on A's Unfiltered. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.